Do you ever wonder where your food comes from? That's what got us started on this adventure. We talk to everyone we can to answer the question, what makes the Comox Valley food scene so special? Join us on our culinary exploration of this edible valley. And welcome to another episode of the Edible Valley Podcast. I'm chef and host Jonathan Fraser, here again with... Darren Howlett, co-host. And I'm William Stringer. I'm the producer. And the man with the questions on the board today. I was going to just do that naturally. I'm now, I'm now the question man. So <laughs> that's, I found my place because I think people are starting to work out. I know very little about non-fast food. <laughs> <laughs> well, and today we're looking at uh, we're we're answering that question of what does food do for us, and more importantly, how does food bring us together? Sure. And I thought we would just go in and sort of go off how how food affects us and how it yeah. how it works to bring us together and not just uh, sustaining us and fulfilling us uh, physically, mm-hmm. but actually mentally. Like there's a, a couple, there's a reason that we have dinner parties and we go for dinner yeah. and we get together with people. And I thought we'd just visit that and yeah. our well, own experiences. Jumping straight in, what would you say is the difference between eating on your own or eating with a bunch of people? Well, there's people with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I th- I think it's the the effect that it has. Like it it changes the meal a bit. I don't know when I'm eating by myself. Well, there's two ways of I eat by myself. Mm-hmm. There's the no one's watching me and I'm gluttonly just shoving food. <laughs> mouth open. Mouth uh, open yes. and just inhaling. Yeah. Um, and it's more of a thing of just substance, just to fill my belly to... Right. To, to, Hovering uh, over the sink, just pushing food in your face. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Pulling my shirt up to wipe my mouth. You know? Uh-huh. You know, yeah. Anyways, that's that's kind of the one way. And the other way is actually just sitting down and actually reflecting on what the food is for me. That's, yeah. That's an interesting one where I like just to sit there and just pick apart the food and, and yeah. feel the flavors yeah, like and the not, taste. Not critically, like just experience it on a level where it's just you and the food where you can get what you get from it yeah yeah it's a difference than as will would say going out for fast food and just shoving it down your throat right but actually sitting there and experiencing it and sort of you know enjoying it and i maybe it's something we all don't do enough as people is is actually experience what we're eating and and get that whereas with i think eating with people i mean Mm -hmm. that's uh that changes the whole well yeah and i think that's what that is what will had said like the difference between eating with one person versus eating with a group Right. And I think that I think they're very different experiences. I don't know what you think, but I think that, uh, you know, you eat with one person and um, we were sort of talking about this before. I think that there's a bit of an intimacy there Mm -hmm. and that doesn't imply a romantic intimacy. I just think that you could be there with even not a stranger, but someone you barely know. But if it's just you and that person and the food, it's far more intimate than you and a group of people and food. You well, know. and it gives you it gives you talking points. Yeah, like you're, yeah. you there's you sit down at a table with a complete stranger, mm. and there's only so many subjects you have without you know yeah. that you can approach. Whereas all of a sudden you're like, oh, have you tried this? And then right. be like, oh, I really like salad. Yeah, Nobody yeah. Salad. Whereas with with a group of people, it becomes less about the food. No matter what, even with its family, if you're out with friends, 
uh, if you're entertaining, it becomes the food is important, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's less about the food and it's more about the company. Yeah, it's about the yeah. connecting with other people. Yeah. It's almost as if the food is another person and the significance of that other person decreases the more people there are. Yeah, that's, that's to me. Pretty, yeah. 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 I always think about like Thanksgiving Day dinner or Christmas dinner and yeah not that any of us get to do that nowadays (laughs) but (laughs) yeah and maybe that's a little bit of what this podcast is about of dreaming of those days to come again where we can sit around with friends and family and and share food but yeah yeah, that's my thoughts on it is that like yeah it was that's that that bringing everyone in and the food is that thing that brings you together and yeah then you learn stuff about everyone so yeah absolutely so when you're together do you think there's any difference, say there's more than two people, mm-hmm. is there any difference if you're eating comfort food together or really healthy food together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, well, I think that there's a range of types of food. I mean, I'm, I don't know why I'm saying my, I think there is a range of types of food. There's a range of types of cooking and there's a range of, of things that food answers or does for you. And some might just look at it as nourishment. Some just might look at it as, um, you know, art, uh, a way of experiencing something artistic. Um, but I, you know, comfort food to me is family. Um, and there's, or, or, and, and I think that it applies to a lot of different people, a lot of different ways. But for me, when I think of comfort food, I think of back at times when I was comforted when I was younger with my family uh, maybe relatives as well and any of those dishes those shared dishes the, that's what comforts me what, what's your comfort dish I don't know actually I would have to think about it I think there's a couple and they're not and I, I'm gonna hurt family member feelings if they're listening but I don't think my grandmother used to make tr- chicken a la king and it was okay <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't amazing but so much was put into that and so much was around that and so much effort and people were talking about it so that when you ate it even though it was an okay meal it it was it was much more than what was on the plate right you know so, so that's interesting if you ever have chicken that's pretty mediocre you say like my grandma used to make yeah, i suppose which is horrible i mean i loved her and and what have you but I, i'm just being honest you know what i mean like that's where i noticed food had big and much more power than what was actually on your plate you know like that's when i was like oh everybody's making a big deal of this and it's just okay you know like <laughs> and then i was like oh it's because it's the whole tradition around it and it's the comfort and the and the whatever so i don't know i i'm i'm dominating the conversation here how about you will um i think you you hit on something really interesting with mm-hmm. comfort food uh, you could argue christmas food thanksgiving food is a family thing it is a comfort thing it's mm. togetherness i can't imagine uh, meeting up with friends and all having shepherd's pie or a pot pie or, or something right traditionally that's bangers and mash or something that's comfort food i think the types of food you would eat would be different depending on who you're with if you're with your mates your peers you'd have something slightly more exotic, slightly more fashionable. If you're with your family, something slightly more comforty. And and that's probably because family is comfort. Family is the first people you ever met and family is where right. you came from. Right. Your utter comfort zone for most people. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. But you haven't told me your dish. <laughs> pot pie. Pot pie? Yeah. I, I love pot pies. I mean, I, I, oh, I've Costco become a master at making them lately. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, master. okay. Well, we can talk about that. Yeah. The, the Costco 10-inch uh, pot pie, obviously, chicken one. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm interested in the thrifties pot pie, but let's let's not go down that road too much. I didn't even know they made them, but oh, okay. Yeah. There, there are pot pies everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Or even at the farmer's market, you can get the old pot pies. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely oh, delicious. Um, I keep I keep thinking of what my favorite comfort food, and it yeah. keeps bouncing all over the place. And it's like, like I think, oh, pot pie. I love pot pies. And every yeah. time I have one, I'm like, yes, there's just something about that crust and the, yeah. the yeah. creamy chicken stuffing in there. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, so I mean, delicious. really, that's all turkey ala king is. Yeah. Or chicken ala king is. Yeah. is well, maybe that's pot just pie the ultimate comfort food. But yeah. there's other things like... I have to say, there's nothing I enjoy more than after a stressful day, just a bag of potato chips. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. I just, but I don't, I don't even know if that would be considered comfort food. That's sort of like, that's, I mean, maybe, I guess. It is, because it comforts By you. definition, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that's what I'm thinking. I love an old grilled cheese. Mm. Oh, yeah. Know? It has to be with tomato soup for me. Uh, well, and that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah. I have one that's like, as a, it's a terrible dish. But, sure. But it reminds me of being a kid, and it just cheers me up. But the old uh, clam chowder. Oh, yeah. I love clam Delish. chowder, but it's... I honestly have this thing about the BC Fairies clam chowder. Oh, yeah. I have not eaten it in a long time, but I, I remember having a kid chowder. and having the clam chowder on the It's the, the only clam chowder I'd eat as a kid. Yeah? It's the BC Fairies. So the BC Fairies one, is that because it's nicer, or is it because it's connected to the experience, the memories? Well, I think that's exactly what it is. It's yeah. the experience. It's going on an adventure. Right. right. Every right. time you got on that boat, you were going on an adventure. And it was something so, that and, my parents yeah. never made at home. Like, yeah. if my dad did do a clam chowder, he did a Manhattan, so a tomato-based right. chowder. So it was never that creamy, and there was just something about that creamy. Yeah. And it's not that I would even, as a kid, eat clams. Like, if you put clams in front of me, I would be like, that's <laughs> yeah, gross. Right, right. You know? Uh, and I'm, I'm a kid that grew up on the beach, right? Yeah. Like, it was hard for me to get down an oyster right? until I got into my mid-20s. Like, right. I was like, nope, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh-huh. but now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll have an oyster. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I agree. I agree that that yeah so there's that whole comfort again right takes you back to a place that you used to be and when times were good or easier or just uh, you know your romanticized memories of things where you you just sort of polish off all the dirty parts and you just remember the good you know so those good memories so let's think uh about culture and food people meeting perhaps they know each other perhaps they don't how does people from different cultures mixing with food from different cultures how does Mm -hmm. that play out wow i don't know john well i i think your question john I'm just looking at like I think that's what food lets you do like it's it yeah. gives you the bridges that gap you know and it makes you understand people because I mean I'm think I feel like I'm lucky that I've always grown up in a household that was we tried lots of foods it yeah. wasn't like we had our mashed potatoes every Friday night it was like yeah we had Chinese food we had you know vietnamese food yep. we had mexican food it was like we we took everywhere and and my dad really liked to cook so he would we'd do sushi one night you know yeah. and the next night would be you know we'd do a pot pie mm-hmm. at home um so it was really neat to sort of experience those different flavors and it sort of opened my eyes up to a lot of things yeah i had a very similar experience yeah 
Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's, it's pretty neat to see. And I think that's something that I've enjoyed over my years is eating, mm-hmm. eating, doing some traveling and sitting down with other people and eating meals and just seeing how, how yeah. dinner works at other places. You know, there's, you know, sitting down with someone who makes sure they do a blessing before mm-hmm. they, they eat their meal is, is a neat experience and, a, and it's fun. Yeah. Whereas, and I, so taking it in another direction, I think that, um, I, although I agree with everything that you said, like I think too that when it comes to cultural uh, sort of influence, I think that um, there's so much to be learned from a dish. Like if you take something that is a national dish or something that's identified nationally, whether it's official or not, with a certain nation or a certain culture or a certain group, and you eat that food, I honestly like I don't know if I'm just weird that way <laughs> but i go into the I, I start thinking about things like that i start thinking about wow this like the seasoning here or the spice blend like those are n- most likely in national dishes usually reflect the na- nation so those are most likely readily available there or time honored there or valued there and I think you just start to, maybe it's a cooking method, maybe it's a simple presentation, maybe it's an elaborate presentation, but you start to think about the people that turn this into something that they identify nationally with. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, I see it almost as like a history lesson or a cultural lesson when you're eating those identifiably cultural foods, you know, like, I don't know. I, I th- And I think that there's a lot there. I think there's a bit of a story in each that you can discern, that you can pull from. Um, that I don't know. It, it's it's enticing to me to try new foods because of that, because I want to experience the what they grew up eating, what they identify with. So you're saying it's almost a way of learning about absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Maybe more so for me than other people, because I have said that to other people, and they think I'm ridiculous but no yeah. i think you're, it's a it's an eye-opening experience into like the culture and how yeah how a community because everything revolves around food right yeah like, and so i'm always amazed when you look at like we'll go to england and go london mm-hmm. itself how the city is actually built around food mm-hmm. and you can see as from how it started out the initial city where everything was within the center of the city mm-hmm. and how with the industrial revolution how all of a sudden like all the food was exported from the outside and imported to the right. center of the city and that there's those directions to get in there and so that's how the food evolved and so each area and region has that and that's why they get their specialty dishes because yeah that's how they got their food and that was what was available so it's just interesting to see yeah a little behind the scenes and of, of how things i mean food's the one thing that connects us in every aspect I yeah think. Like, it doesn't matter what color you are, what your religious beliefs, whatever. Mm -hmm. You all need to eat. I mean, you won't eat certain things, but that's irrelevant. We can all eat the same. Just a comment there on what you were saying. I... I find I've lived on in this area of uh, majority of my life I, on and off. I've been back and forth, but the majority of my life has been spent here. And this is a comment. This isn't like me admonishing anybody or whatever. But knowing that, knowing the exact point you just made about how food, you can see cities are literally designed around the the acquisition of foods and how they would come in and come out of the town or whatever. It blows me away how many people have lived in this valley, in this area, on this island, their entire lives, 
and just blanket, I don't eat seafood. I'm like, <laughs> how do you not eat seafood? We are literally in the seafood Mecca. This is where, like, this is just such a vibrant place for so many great things from the sea. And and 100 years ago, if you didn't eat seafood, you probably weren't going to make it if yeah. you lived here. Yeah. You know, and now people they don't have to eat the local food. Like, they don't, some of them don't eat the local food whatsoever. I mean, my, my girlfriend's vegetarian, and yeah. she will break that three times a year to eat seafood. Yeah, wow. She said it's just something I really crave. Yeah. yeah. So that, that shows the strength yeah. of that idea of, you know, you really are missing out in these waters, some of the yeah. best in the world. Absolutely. Actually, Absolutely. I was, we're, since we're talking about our home here, is, sure. and what well, we have such a strong food community within it, I think, because yeah. we have a strong farmer's market, and the one thing you can realize that's different about our community to every other community is right in the center of our community is a farm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our, it is interesting. So many people that have come here from out of here have said that to me. What the hell? You have a farm in the middle of your city. In the most productive spot, <laughs> yeah. you know, where the, the most valuable land in the town is a farm. Is a farm. Yeah. yeah. And it's a wetland. And yeah. so it's protected and it will always be there. Yeah. And I think it gives us a bit of a unique. Yeah. A unique and look. I think it's one of those things, if you think about it, every day you drive by a farm. Yeah. To get to anywhere in this town. I, actually, that's that's a really interesting point. I wonder if that affects people here i wonder if that is one of the reasons why we have so many farmers here well it because does you right grow now. up looking at a farm every it, day well it does right now because you get the act they're fertilizing right now right <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so you get that big, big aroma that comes off the field as you drive in and you're like lovely Ooh. are we talking about the road from superstore to 17th street bridge yeah yeah, yeah. what was farkison farms farkison farms what yeah. is it called? and is it now so that can't be built on I've yeah i always wondered why ducks that's ducks open. unlimited owns it and yeah. they so it's a wetlands for the it's protected protected for amazing for, that's i mean that's a great idea yeah it really yeah. does connect people yeah um so maybe we should get back on topic. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little, bit, little bit of food in uh, history of the, our town. Yeah, and so moving on a little bit mm-hmm. from learning cultures, how do you think dining with friends varies from dining with total strangers, or by yourself, mm. or by or by yourself? But sure. Friends and total strangers <laughs> is the question. Friends and total strangers. That's I well. I, that's, I think I answered that a little earlier. Yeah. Right? I was like, it's, it's. I would see you get to know someone a little bit more intimately. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I think the difference between a friend and a total stranger. If you're dining with friends, friend, or friends, um, you've got a little bit of history baked in. I'm sure you've got a bit of a shorthand with that person. That's what I get from an implication of a friend or the title of friend. So I don't think that you. I think a you can go more in depth because you already have a common ground. Um, or a common language and B you can uh, you don't have to discuss some of the minute whereas if you're with a total stranger I would think that you want to find a common ground with that person so you're going to go into the details a bit more I don't know I'm just thinking about the couple job interviews I've had over the years. Sure. Over a lunch meal That's, or something like. Yeah, I never would have guessed it actually, but a chef would do that, wouldn't they? Yeah, and it's been really, really like it, yeah. to me, it's stressful because like all of a sudden, you know, like, well, ex- like what they're testing your palate or you're testing your choices. Testing my choices, right? I'm the worst when it comes to a menu because I literally go through a menu <laughs> and scan everything, and I'm like, yeah, Ooh, I, I just want, I just want a plain sandwich, but I'm like. <laughs> 
I got to go something fancier than that. So right. Like, what's the What's the fanciest dish on the thing? And then I'm like, but I don't like that. Or you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going through it. Well, that's interesting because you're you're thinking you're going to be judged maybe a little bit by I have a lot of anxiety know. in my life <laughs> <laughs> no but it's I, I, I actually thinking back I've had a few times when I've been around primarily people that um, have been several places above me in any workplace and I've been like it's a bit of a minefield you know do, yeah. do I order something that's sophisticated but the most expensive thing on the menu or do I order what I want to a burger or fish and chips <laughs> um, you know so many yeah. and in, I don't know fish and chips is very popular in Canada and the UK and just being like fish and chips please mate and hand the menu back <laughs> it just sounds so unrefined yeah right. someone's asking for the so and so steak with the demi glaze yeah. and blah blah yeah. and you're like oh god maybe I've ordered the wrong thing and and by the way, I care so little about that. I'd rather stand out that I ordered chocolate milk. And <laughs> <laughs> I had I I'd taken it was we were out for a staff party or staff dinner. I'd taken my staff out. We had had a particularly good run for a couple of months, and we just went out to celebrate it. And uh, I remember this one guy, Dean. Sorry, Dean, that I'm singling you out if you're listening. That's the bus <laughs> running over. Uh, yeah. So Dean. Dean had, we were at Kingfisher and which is a restaurant both John and I have worked at in the past. Uh, but this is many, many years ago. This is 15 or so years ago. And um, yeah. And as we were getting ready to order, Dean tucks his napkin into his shirt and a lot of the other staff started laughing at him. And I was like, what? What's the problem? And he's like, I've never been to a fancy place. Isn't this what you're supposed to do at a fancy place? <laughs> and we're like, no, it's not. And other people were sort of, I, I, I don't know. They were like, it, it was mean spirited. And I was like, don't like what, like the, the, the purpose that we're here for is to experience something that you don't normally experience. The experience that he comes through the door with doesn't matter. We're all on the same page. So he didn't know that you're not supposed to do that. Like Dean, order whatever you want. Yeah. Don't feel like we're judging you. And hey, everybody stop judging him. <laughs> like that's to me, like it's important. I find food as a leveler, you yeah. know, like it brings us all to the same table at the same level there's no need to feel uh superior or inferior I, i've got a little story on that well yeah. with me is i remember when i was young and i was a sea cadet <clears throat> and so i was picked out of my 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 division to go to have dinner with the commanding officer wow and so everyone there was a bunch of us that all came in there and of course it's a proper fine dining dinner right. so yeah. there's all the cutlery in there but it was like I remember going in there and being super nervous because they're like, okay, so they're teaching us the etiquette of how to properly, you know, work from the outside in with your cutlery. And these right. are all your spoons. And then when you drink your soup, you take the spoon and you go away from yourself and then right. bring it to you. And I was like, well, I can just shovel it in. This way, right? <laughs> yeah, I've got to. But you're gonna get up. you're gonna get your yeah your uniform messy exactly. if you do that. Well, I was like, I don't care. Put your bowl up to the mouth. <laughs> yeah. And I remember going through all this and being ready. And then like, they're like, and I can't remember what the choices were, but I, I ordered uh, ch roasted chicken. Okay. Like, it's so on the bone. Right. And I'm literally like, I get to that point and I'm like, when do I get to pick it up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> when, when does that part come along? Does that, does that? No. no, apparently no. no you no, uh, no, it's really frowned upon. I where finger licking good came from. Uh, that's <laughs> that's comfort food. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, that's when yeah. you're sitting on your couch and you're when you're around friends or family. Yeah, well, it, it does remind me a little bit of the Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic. 
you know, he's oh, a yeah. commoner, um, right. you know, spending time living under a bridge. And then the next minute he's on the dining with incredibly rich, you know, Victorian people. Yeah, right. And, you know, being taught how to eat and they're judging him. They don't like him. Yes, right. You know, so they're using that as a way to put him down, but they're doing it whilst eating. While yeah. eating. Wow. I didn't think we would get that. We were <laughs> going for positive and then you're like, totally <laughs> well, you brought James Cameron into this. <laughs> Invite your enemy out for a meal. <laughs> Uh, just really, I, I mean, I realized that we got to wrap this up, but your naval story made me think of my grandfather's naval story. And I went with my grandfather, accompanied him to uh, his, the boat that he served on. He had the, the HMS Red Deer, for anybody that cares. Oh, um, he, they had a reunion of all the surviving members got together in Red Deer. I don't know why. Uh, because of the namesake the name. of the ship and had a reunion and I went there and for the first night they served only stuff that they ate on the boat and <laughs> so here you are talking about this fancy admiral's meal and um, he we ate fish eyes and snot which was uh, what they <laughs> called it's what they called tapioca back then uh, they yeah. called it fish eyes and snot and we had red lead and bacon which red lead and bacon was stewed tomatoes with a piece of raw bacon sitting in it and that was your primary protein. That was the oh, entree of the dish. Good, good grub. <laughs> yeah. I wow. just remember, and it's so funny though. Like you took, a, you take a look at the the military or the naval. You look at the lowly, what they're eating: fish eyes and snot, red lead and bacon. And then you're sitting there in a banquet hall with roast chicken <laughs> on the bone. And <laughs> Hilarious. It wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, we've covered a lot. I think, yeah. I think so. I think we, what is the conclusion of this? It's just good to eat with people. Yeah. I don't think that we were trying to say whether it's good to eat with or without people. I just think yeah. that there's just the experience. Lots of, of different contexts. I think that's great. That there's so many different variables, context, yeah. Yeah. you know, culture, the type of food you're eating, whether you know them, whether you don't know them. It just go whether they like you or not, whether they're right. you know yeah. what you want from them. Are they just friends or <laughs> you know? It's very very interesting. Yeah. yeah, and it's a great opportunity to experience new things, right? Like yeah. I think that's the spark of life is mm. being able to experience something new. Yeah, yeah. What Get, doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's true, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Edible Valley Podcast. I'm Chef and host Jonathan Fraser, and thanks. I'm Darren Howlett. Thanks for joining us. And I'm William Stringer, the producer. Thank you very much. And that wraps up another episode of the Edible Valley podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And a special thanks goes to the local businesses that help support our podcast. They make it possible for us to showcase your local food community. We'd love you to follow us on your preferred social media at Edible Valley, where you can check out our blog, find recipes and tips, behind the scenes, and of course, keep a lookout for where we are going to turn up next in your Edible Valley. <laughs> Let's yeah. do our next episode on diet. Diet. Sure. Yeah. To diet or not to diet. Yeah. That's Ooh. actually a really, really good idea. And that's, that's also great. John's really nice way of saying, Darren Will, shut up. <laughs> we got we, we to get go. I got to go to work. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I said to John, just as I was uh, as I was packing my camera bags for coming over, I was like, I figured out the title of the book. This has been an Edible Valley.